Welcome to No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shadon, Mr. Rob, and Ken. Episode 180. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? What's up, man? I'm good, man. Good. You chilling? What's going on with you? How y'all been? How y'all been holding up? Yeah, I've been good. Rob, we got to hear about the, um, the, 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 what was it, 28 Days of Juicing? 28 Days of Juicing. <laughs> Brothers, let me tell you, any one of us can do it. There's nothing to it. We ain't got to worry about hunger pains and or any myth they gonna pass out and I, I can't live without my french fries. Yes, you can. <laughs> it's, it's super easy. Let me tell you something. Fruit is a supplement. It, it can easily replace food. Easily replace food because after the second day, not even it wasn't even about hunger pains. It was more about my conditioning and triggering. My triggers are going to the pantry. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there were certain times a day, it was like, man, this is usually snack time. I would go oh, for it. And I, got, and I got the snacks in the pantry. And it was, oh. now that they're not there, because they wasn't physically there. That's what I'm asking. I'm having the, I'm going up. So, I give myself a nice little eight ounces of something that, that we made. And that replaced it. And it felt good, bro. I ain't going to lie. I was down. Started off at 2:14. I came down to 197. Get out of here! Yes, sir. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so have you sent? So since you finished, have you had a meal? And what was the first meal? My first meal, I made an omelet. Um, okay. No cheese. It was just straight eggs. Cut up some um, red bell peppers. Spinach. Full of seasoning. I had two two turkey link sauces. Very small, mm-hmm. all in the lo- little saucer. Yeah, okay. That was the only meal of the day. And then I, yeah. I drink my juice because we still make the juice. So we're going to keep going, keep doing that. Um, and that was it, man. Let me tell you something. Food is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> food that really is. controls your mind. Yeah. It controls your activity. It controls your emotion because usually we're emotional eaters. We eat when we're bored. We eat when we're upset. We even eat when we're happy. So has too many triggers and I think I've, I've controlled a lot. And what was it, 28 days? 28 days straight, bro. Straight fruit, oh. straight vegetables. We did, we, we started to um, add in nuts and seeds. But we did that like towards week three. Okay. And because I still, you know, I'm still taking medication. So I gotta just make sure I got some protein in my body to yeah. get the burn off and use and all that type of stuff. So. Yeah. Outside of that, man, I mean, at two fourteen down one ninety seven, that's basketball weight shot. I was playing ball at one ninety five, kid. I'm saying I, don't, I might try to run a full, but I remember playing ball at one ninety one ninety five. Trust me, yeah, I was man. I was I was doing my thing them days. So, congratulations. So, what's the next yeah. challenge? Right now is to maintain the weight. I don't want to go above two hundred five. So now. Okay. You know, I've implemented some, some small little household workouts. Shit you do in, in, in your own place. Mm-hmm. Um, ain't about lifting, just using my own body weight. Just a lot of knee lifts, squats, some push-ups, some, some, some arm strengthening. Uh, so I could just tone up. So the, the, the next challenge now is to maintain. So mm-hmm. and go back to the chips. And if I get chips, eat the recommended amount. When you turn over and say eat 17 chips, <laughs> You pick out seventeen yeah. chips you're gonna eat. How you, how you how you feeling mentally though? Mentally, I'm clear, very clear, boy. And I said food is a fog, man. It's the devil, man. It, mm-hmm. 
really controls your mood and how you move about. And, and most like, you know, as we all know, when you eat a lot of food, you get the itis. That's just oh, yeah. the, body, <laughs> the body is trying its hardest to break down the food and it's tiring itself out, breaking down food. And a lot of it is processed food, which really ain't food. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, congratulations, man. Congratulations. Yeah. What's up with you, Kenyatta? What you up to? I, I'm good. I got one funny thing on that note of the processed food. I was watching a video and this is crazy, right? So they took and they took a box of um great value ice cream sandwiches. You guys gotta see this, right? Exactly. And they put it on the put like an ice cream sandwich on a salsa on the on the countertop, right? They left it there for 12 hours, not one drop melted. They left it there for another 12 hours, not another drop melted. Wow. So I want to tell you about some of the foods and the processed foods. You got ice cream sandwich that the ice cream will melt left out for 24 hours. But yeah, I, I, know, I know this, and we, we don't have to digress on it too much. I know what, what anything creamy, ice cream, anything that you think is nice and creamy and soothing, there's a, there's a thing in it called Corrigine. I think I'm saying mm-hmm. that right. Corrigine is the same ingredient they use in Elmer's Blue. Think about yeah. that when they tell you milk forms mucus. Your ass might have an Elmer's Blue in your damn throat. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink milk, so ain't it me. Right. Yo, um, yeah, yeah, yeah everything, everything, everything's been real. So you say you ain't been up tonight, Canada? No, not not much. You know, this is, again. You know, I want to say shout out to to Trouble for making that song. You know, getting her the beat and everything. So yeah, that was good. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, facts. Yo, um, yesterday evening, last night, I had the honor of going to um the college that I teach at. They um they did like recognition awards, and they did like a they did a little thing for like people with ten years, fifteen years, I think twenty and thirty years, and they did like an acknowledgement of ten years with the college. Yo, it was, nice. it was pretty cool. Yeah, they had a decent turnout. Um, they served like finger foods and stuff like that. Nothing that I was interested in eating, <laughs> um, but they had it. It was like gourmet. Um type meals like open bar and everything really? you know, and it was oh, good. yeah yeah it was really <laughs> cool and, um, i had a chance to, to um to chill and i was talking to this um this dude that teach criminal justice there he's an right. attorney and he was telling me like about like what his experience has been teaching at the college and i think he said he's been there for like four years now he really likes it um what college is this? this is monroe okay monroe um so yeah it was it was you know shout out to them for actually you know actually acknowledging um people giving recognition awards after that amount of years and it was there were people that i had met for the first time i feel like i've been there so long like i've seen the departments turn over different deans and different associate deans and everything yeah it was the craziest part of the night when i went in they had like the name tags that everybody laid out on the table and i went and i went to reach to grab well first of all they spelled my name wrong Oh, the invite. My name is Shannon for people that don't know, yeah. not Shannon. <laughs> but they they spelled it, they spelled it wrong. So I'm like, all right, you know, when I get there, is it gonna be misspelled? It was spelled correctly, but then there was it, it said something like Shannon Gellamy or something like that. So I was like, man, so they messed up the last name. <laughs> so whatever, that's crazy. But then I looked and I see mine, and it was some other lady, it was some lady there that she had the same first name as me, but she pronounced her Shannon. 
I was like, wow, it's, you know, what are the chances that they would have two people with the name spelled the same way like that? So yeah. it's pretty cool. Shout out to them. Um, so yo, let's get into um the conversation for tonight. So we got we got an interesting show. We got a lot of different topics to discuss. Most of them, I think, I, I kind of feel like on the theme of um of America and different things that's going on in America. So we naming this episode the American Dream or Nightmare. So the first thing I want to pull up is I don't know if you guys had a chance to see this, but the investor Ian Dunlap um, recently was on a, on a show. And on the show, Ian Dunlap was saying that the average American doesn't have 1K in savings to cover an emergency. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts about that? That the average American doesn't have $1,000 in savings to cover an emergency? The average? It was more like over 50%. <laughs> Listen, that, that's scary. Because in these days of time, the, the, any imminent danger is right around the corner, whether it's unfortunately you may lose a job or it'd be cataclysmic. Yeah. We talked about the weather the last time, and these things are they're paramount to have, you know what I'm saying, as far as the savings or in the case of an emergency savings. But, you know, people live on the edge. They don't think they don't think about emergency. They don't think no. about what, what's going to happen. And, you know, what measures would they take in the case that they had to do that? You know, they're, they're only a certain amount who would, you know, come out of their savings or do anything like that to, to, to uh, you know, cover for an emergency. But it's not in people's mindset to do that. And I don't know what that comes from. You know, people are reluctant to think of a rainy day or when something happens, I can have it covered. But people are not on that time at this yeah. time. I think, you know, I think the um, when you look at this, the sort of like the low hanging fruit around it is to talk about like people's money management, you know, and how people actually go about spending their money. But I also feel like what's not really talked about is that there's a there's a serious underemployment issue in this country. So a lot of times in order for you to have savings, you got to have some level of like almost like disposable income to save if you live in check to check. Mm-hmm. You know, check to check, then you 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 don't have no money yeah. to put in savings. If you could just barely make ends meet, where you can only pay your rent, put food in your fridge, and utilities and stuff like that, then what's left really for savings? And then you you think about like what we're facing in this country, even in the form of um like failure to launch. So back in the days, people would go away to college, they get degrees, and then they go from there and go get their own place, get their own home, start their family. And right. do all these things, but probably in like the last 15 years, even more so 20, maybe 15 years, you yeah, see more people right. returning home, you know, to live in the basement as a result of what the, the what, what student loans are and just, you know, what the economy looks like. It's just, it's just not, it's not, people aren't, aren't making enough money to actually get to that. That's why I was such a big fan for the um, student loan forgiveness, because I felt like student loan forgiveness would have helped jumpstart the economy. You know, you'd have more first time homeowners, people right. would have been able to go out and stimulate the economy by buying vehicles or buying whatever it is and further developing their credit. But, you know, when we hear stuff like this, we think about, you know, people that possibly are, you know, they don't make a, a large living wage. So we like, all right, you may not have the money, but it also happens to people who make a lot of money. You can make a lot of money and pay student loans, $1,500 a month or something crazy like that. And then you don't have money after you do whatever it is you need to do to actually save to have a savings. For and really? then the other thing that I see that Ian Dunlap said that was crazy is he was like that, if you don't have 
six hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars or something. Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. yeah. You don't have no real money. No, he said if you don't have hundred k to two, he said hundred k to forty k is not real money unless you have the number six hundred. I mean, yeah. I, I look at it. I think you think you're right about the check to check thing. I think the myth about check to check is that it's only people who have menial jobs. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that live beyond their means that still create. They still create a situation where they live check to check. Mm-hmm. And you know, a combination when we look at averages, you know, if you look, I'm sure if you look in certain areas like cityscapes, like if you look in like New York City, it's probably different than if you look in like a more rural area, what disposable income looks like. And stuff like that so i'm sure that's that's one thing to right. think about too and then when you when you think about like the the whole thing like one of the things i know his numbers dunlop's numbers are crazy but i remember hearing something a while back about having at least three months worth of um three months worth of rent um be able to sustain yourself have at least three months of sustainable income so that you can live on the right. side, yeah, I think yeah, I think the litmus was three months, three to six months, or something like that was the litmus of which you should have on, on the side. Now, six of you, I guess you know what? Again, I guess if you have a high, higher lifestyle, six hundred thousand dollars could be three months. Yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. So, well, if you think you also think about it, I mean, we've heard forever that the, you know what people say, like the average American is what is it, one paycheck or two paychecks away from being homeless or something like that. So. You know, when you start talking about, again, like the whole part around um, people not having a thousand dollars in savings, I think about like, you know, what is actually a person's priority also when they're younger? You know, when you're younger, is is your priorities necessarily around saving money? Are you you thinking about saving money if you 21 or 22? You may be thinking about living for whatever's going on now. You know, one thing about the one thing about the savings thing, I'm sorry, Rob. One one thing about the savings thing is that I mean, to some extent, people are getting smarter, too, because more people are using investment accounts than savings accounts, too. Mm-hmm. So putting your money in the bank for $1,000 to get 1% interest, as opposed to taking $1,000 and putting it in an investment account. So mm-hmm. it could be just semantics from what type of account you, you know, you might have $1,000. It might not be specifically in savings, but yeah. a lot of times, like even when you look at it, like as compared to like pensions and 401ks and stuff like that. People are doing more around investing now than just straight saving too. Yeah. Maybe have, maybe we should have more more conversations about money because there are there are institutions out there that give you annual yield up to five percent. Man, there's there's, mm. there's some out there you just have to find them um, that can help you help, help you save. But a lot the numbers say the numbers show this: the forty four percent of the people, if they needed a thousand dollars, would reach into their savings for the thousand. Okay. I mean, about twenty percent would charge the thousand dollars. I mean, they would use their credit. Yeah. Um, Fifteen would pay the bill, but then they would pull it from another bill. I know that mm. I've done that. Um, ten percent would borrow from their family, and the lowest number is most. The lowest number is people who take out a loan. They didn't factor. They didn't factor in who would commit a crime. <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, yeah. I they didn't want to, but that. They, they, they they that so you know, it's it all boils down to mindset. Should I put this money aside in case something happens, or should I just keep rocking out and go buy my sneakers and hang out and do all the things and 
go to Roscoe's and, and, and live my life and, and not worry about it because people do that too. A lot of people rob Peter to pay Paul. I don't think about it. I mean, growing up, I had to challenge myself to learn how to keep a dollar. You know what I mean? Because money came in my hand and I would fire it up before it was gone. I already seen something I wanted. Just like a kid, my, my, my teenage life went to a little bit of my adult life and it cost me. So you don't want it to cost you. Put some money away, people. <laughs> well, well, Rob, you think think about it this way, though. Like if, um, you know, you hear a lot of times people do this when they get um counseling, premarital counseling, like from pastors and stuff like that. And they have conversations about people's beliefs as it relates to money. You know, right. like everybody, people have different beliefs as it relates to money. Some people believe that, you know, you should be a saver. Some people believe that you should be living for today and that you should be yeah. spending. I'm not saying either one is right. It's just a matter of what your belief is around it. So if your belief is that money is a tool that provides an opportunity for you to have enjoyment right. and live in the moment and, 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 you know, while you're here, then are you really thinking about like, you know, what potential emergencies could come up like and what kind of everyday emergencies for certain people what what, what would it look like that it would require a thousand dollars you know like what your car maybe yeah because right. at this point yeah what could you really you can't it's not it's not rent a mortgage you know that for a thousand dollars for a new roof i know yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, so probably would have to be something around a car or something like that. Yeah, like you know, your car breakdown, or I mean, if your lights get turned off, then that means you wasn't paying the bill to begin with, so you probably well, don't got to Going to the hospital ain't cheap. No. Yeah, but you know something though, going to the hospital is not going to require you giving a thousand right there. They'll probably put you in yeah. collections. They'll bill you for sure. That's yeah. a you so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what kind of what kind of what kind of emergency and for those that's actually you know in the chat because we have people in the chat on instagram you know like what kind of emergency you think will come up that will require a thousand dollars um immediately <laughs> like your car breakdown what's interesting when you talk about like people spending money so my neighbor unfortunately you know his wife passed away prior to that they had like a lot of plans they bought a house down south but they you know mm -hmm. they plan to do stuff when she passed away, his whole thought process of money changed. And he came to me and was like, listen, I'm leaving the kids the house, but I'm spending every dollar that I have right now to enjoy yeah. myself while I'm alive. So he went yeah. out and bought a double person jet ski, got him a condo <laughs> down south, bought a new, got a new Tahoe, the executive edition. He balled out. Wow. Uh, he hit the lotto. He's like, nah, I, I ain't going out. Fuck that. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to, you know, they can, they can do whatever they want with the house, but I'm going to make sure I enjoy these years. So there is some value, you know, in, in taking the money and going. Mm -hmm. well, That's said tires. Yeah, tires. Yeah, tires are expensive. Tires, tires, tires. Yeah, so stuff like that. Like, I think around cars. But, it, I mean, it's true. Like, I remember um, on my job, you know, we were talking about, like, um, life insurance. And I went to a dude, and I was like, are you opting into, do you want to buy, like, additional life insurance? His response to it was like, for what? I die and somebody make money? He was like, well, I'm going to take that on my check now. I was like, I'm like, how do you argue with that? Right. <laughs> well, used to say that because some of these people that talk about wealth, part of the way of getting wealth is having life insurance or having yeah. a life insurance policy. Yeah. You go out and get no. a bunch of policies on people and cash no. out. <laughs> Tyler Bay says psychological, psychological damage versus financial literacy. No. Yeah, um, I, I, 
I think people could have um, be financially literate and still take different approaches or have a different value of money. You see Dame Dash is always online talking about, you know, his finances and how he always puts his money back into whatever entrepreneurial um, endeavor that he's interested in. You know, so if it came time for Dame Dash to liquidate, I don't know where he could. You know, I, I think you can get a thousand dollars for sure. <laughs> but, I, but I don't know. Thousand dollars is like a, a grocery grocery list now, man. Crazy. And inflation, yeah. inflation is has risen at a fast pace, faster than what has it, risen in the last forty years. So, you know, yeah. it's just going up based on what's going on in the world. So. Yeah, but we we do have to, we do definitely have to look at like that part around the underemployment, you know, versus the the unemployment. Because, like I said, there are a lot of people that have, they've gone to school and they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then you making forty grand a year. You know, like where you gonna pull from to get the thousand dollars of savings? You gotta pay back your student loans. You know, you gotta whatever if you have a vehicle, yeah, whatever your transportation is to and from work. Like there are some people that only alive to go to work. You know, all that money go to going back and forth to work and to get something to eat, maybe to pay their rent if they're lucky enough to be able to have their own place. Your immediate expenses. To add insult to injury, what do we do? We go out and drop the requirement for those college degrees that people paying all that money for. So so here's here's a question I would ask um to you guys, like you know, in terms of in terms of this, like at what point in your life did you get to where you like, man, it may be a value to actually have um savings? Because I can't say that when you know in my twenties I was savings oriented. (laughs) I wasn't saving saving nothing in my thirties. (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna tell you my my point came when my health went to the left uh, i need to really rethink my life bro and and it it just had to tighten up the things that i used to buy didn't buy it was it it was worthless the clothes and all that Mm -hmm. and i and i and i felt in my mind that i can carry what i was always doing into my adult life Mm-hmm. So they got cut short. Like, bro, you got to grow up. You can't. You got a closet full of sneakers and clothes and hats. And I still, I still do. But I'm very, I'm very choosy of when I do, because mm-hmm. there are other things that are more important. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, okay. I would say my mid thirties. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like you know, for me, probably like the late twenties. I think when you start having kids and stuff, you start you, you automatically have to become more responsible in every mm-hmm. way. So you you got that. But I do believe, like, I don't think, like you were saying, some people work to just, if you have the ability, I think work becomes even worse to you if all you do is just for the sake of work. And if you can't give yeah. yourself something or some kind of reward right. or something, then it, it really becomes a burden. Yeah. No, that's, a, you, I mean, you've heard people say before, like, the first person that should get paid when you get paid is you supposed to pay yourself. Have you ever heard people say that? Yeah. Well, to pay yourself. So, I no, I agree with that. I think that makes sense that, you know, if you're working hard and you can't do anything but work then yeah you do you know you do it builds resentment you begin to hate the job right. <laughs> you begin to hate what you do you know and then the other thing is if you always live to whatever it is you make then you're never going to be able to to yeah. get ahead you know at some point you have to um you have to put like certain restrictions in place this is a good segue to the next topic like in terms of social media because i think social media really plays a huge role by providing that visual in terms of like, all right, this is constant stimulation, visual stimulation around the things that you 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 must have or you should have or you yeah. see other people have. So there's a councilman in New York that's planning to introduce a bill 
about social media perils for high school and middle school students. And this is some of the things that the bill is, is geared towards focusing on. So they want to look at how they go about engage, engaging strangers. They want to look out, look at the distraction as a result of social media. They want to look at social media addiction. Um, they're talking about what social media has done by way of body images. And also they're talking about the use of possible. And also they're talking about the use of possible tech time, um, tech free times and places where technology is not, you know, um, readily available. What are you guys thoughts about that? I mean, I, I got to say that I think um, for one thing, I think that again, it's, it's like a full circle thing. Okay. Now we have the schools telling people about social media. I mean, some of this stuff has to start in the home. That's, that's one thing. And then when you, when you get into the whole social media thing, like it's definitely influential, the, the, the body shaming, people think they should have to look this way. They think they should have to have this. People are a lot of times gauging what they see as successful from what they see from somebody else, what they think the world projects or how they think they should feel. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is in a school setting, it's like, you guys remember, cause you guys are old enough. You remember how they switched it where they wanted kids all to wear uniforms to school? Yes, yeah. one of them. Yeah, so they did that partly because they didn't, other kids, you know, getting teased and different things because of differences. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, now you know, you got the social media aspect of it where you, some where you, different kids are getting, you know, chastised because they don't fit this norm or conform with this, this, this image. So it, that plays into it. But I will tell you this the only thing that's strange about it, and I understand, like, you combat certain things. We always seem to pick and choose what issues we want to combat or something. So, Social media was saying we took about the way they destroy stuff and everything else, right? And that's great, but how many people was saying die from social media versus how many people die from alcohol? You never heard nobody talk about no alcohol literacy or anything, right? So you know, they pick and choose the, the battles they, they wanna they wanna fight and who the people that fight. I am tired of looking up on the news, seeing uh, what's his name, Sergey Brin and all these dudes and all types of herons getting chastised or something. I never seen the guy who made um made cognac up there getting chastised. You ain't seen nobody up there for liquor getting chastised. Yeah, Budweiser, Cole, nobody up there. Um, you know what you just said uh, is interesting. You were saying about like the um the parents, the parents' accountability around it. But I wonder, like, if we ask the parents to be accountable. For, um, for the kids, who's gonna make sure that the parents are actually accountable for themselves? Because most adults struggle with social media addiction, also. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I guess maybe the school recognizes that, and they're saying, you know, at the school level, this is a this could be an intervention to help mm-hmm. out. Because if in the home the kid only sees their mom constantly on social media, mm-hmm. looking at you know whatever it is, even if it's not inappropriate things, but constant use of social media. Then that's that's learned behavior. That's yeah, learned yeah. behavior from at home. So you know you can't have a situation where the person who's actually demonstrating the behavior goes to the kid and tells the kid like, "Yo, you got to get better." Do uh, better understand what around, I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, around social media. Like I think social media and and you know as a whole, even when you look beyond high school and middle school students, is um it could be troubling, you know. And I think that it's it was created with good intentions, but those intentions have sort of spiraled out of control and now social media has just become sort of like the devil's playground you know even when it's not intentionally even when it's not intentionally meant to be the devil's playground social media has hooked people so much that the developers of these things know it and they're starting to even track the amount of time to show you like look you've been on this application for far too long 
yeah. you know, they know, they know what it is. So now that's why with them having that acknowledgement, I think that's why you see more hearings around at the Senate level, because it's like, you know, there's some level of transparency. I don't, I guess they didn't think that the U S government would call them to the carpet on it, you know, and I, I to be honest with you, I don't know how U S government feels that they could actually do anything to further regulate it, you know, because at the end of the day, the only way to regulate it is what to get the, the phones out of people's hands, yeah. you know, to get people to actually unplug and, you know, if people unplug, think about, didn't they have like a few years ago where was it the Wi-Fi or Facebook? What was it? Facebook? Went Meta down. or whatever went down. People was having a meltdown. Outcry, yeah. The, you know, people was having a meltdown. What do you say about this, Rob? Man, well, for middle school and high school, warning them or putting a warning label or letting kids know the dangers of social media, I think it's important because six out of ten girls respond to strangers and here we mm. are talking about being outside the phone is like being outside yeah yeah predatory so, you know when little girl who because her body shame and now fixed up her body she's presenting herself on the screen to a pervert who says hey you look cute and she answers and now there's a case of child trafficking or whatever trafficking yeah. now there's a situation from a parent's perspective I've seen a video where their parents made a, uh, a dummy site, a, a, a fake site, a fake page, mm. reached out to their daughter, corresponded with them and say, hey, meet me at so-and-so hotel. The girl went. Mm. Wow. Just to find her parents there waiting for her. Mm. Emanate and see, this is how easy you can get caught up. They made yeah. an example, but that's how important it is because the freedom of social media and the freedom of these phones have given children their own audacity, autonomy to do what they want and they're doing it. Mm. They're absolutely doing it. And they're creating lives, they're creating pages, secret pages. People can create pages just to fucking watch you. Yeah. You know, when you yeah. accept somebody, that could be a motherfucker you don't lie. We already talked about <laughs> ghost watching. Yeah. A lot of ghost watchers just watching, you know what mm. I mean? It, it always puzzles me, right? You put up a video, it got six likes, but at the bottom it says 405 views. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, some people yeah. take that personal too. Yeah, they're not getting the likes. There's people, social media is so crazy that it's people who thrive off of those likes and stuff like that. They, yeah, they, validation. They, they need that. They, so, from the, 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 the addiction standpoint, and I, I, I tell the missus this too, I said, stop going to sleep with your, with your, with your, your iPad or your phone on because that blue light, that blue light signals to your, your sensory perception that it's mm -hmm. daytime. So even when you're up 12 o'clock and you got your face and your thumb is getting carpal tunnel, you, you, you can't go to sleep. So now you don't throw your body off a rhythm because now you got your iPad going to sleep, watching the movie, the blue screen is on you, you're throwing your sleep pattern off. And that's not just kids, although kids sitting in the bed on their phone all day. So the, the health um, component to it, the addiction component to it, I think is necessary to put out pamphlets, make it more visible for people to see it. And in schools, keep it keep it real. Don't allow kids to come to school with their phone. But you know what? They can't. They can't do that anymore because now technology is a big part of school. Yeah. You know, like remember yeah. when, when we were younger, 
if you wanted to bring, I remember having to sneak like my Walkman or my CD, my display. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 now, you know, device technology, like bring your iPad, bring your laptop, bring your phone, take out I, your phone. This your phone's like a safety issue too. But some schools, mm-hmm. I remember, I don't know, well, this was What's a while safe? back. What's I remember having in school? Saying that if they needed to call in the event like a school shooter or something yeah. like that. Oh yeah, we, we're in that world. Yes, mm-hmm. I get, I get, yeah. What you were saying? In classes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting too? Like, I think they don't they they see it as, as one picture, but they don't see the bigger picture too. Because as much as we want to get rid of it, this is now probably a huge portion of the economy as well. Mm-hmm. So if you dial this back and get rid of it, all these people making this income and all these different things. Like social media is a huge part of the income of society now. Content provider. You could, so you could tank part of the economy trying to cut down. The more you cut down, the more money the country's gonna lose. So it's it's like it's sad because the the idea of using it and the, the intentions were right. Is like anything else. If you find something, you say something that's foolproof, they'll make right. a better fool. Right, so, right. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Um. What? So I, I guess. So, so when we go back to social media, I'm just thinking about like the early interpretation. Like, what was like the first social media? What would what would you say is like was like chat rooms? Maybe could that constitute yeah, like Black like, Planet? Them days, Black Planet. Um, like um, what's that? Remember AOL had that little thing? Aim, Aim, yeah, yeah. Aim. Or MySpace and stuff like MySpace, that. MySpace, yeah. What was the yeah. um with the phone? Oh my God, I can't even think of it right now. There was a phone what do you mean, like the two-way chirp. pages and stuff? The, the joint that chirped, the Nextel had the something Nextel on chirp. there too. The BB something. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. They had a little chat thing. And I mean, it's all engaging people to be influential in these, in these, these devices that we use. Phones should be used for tools, but now people are getting, they're making millions off of it. You yeah. Can't, you can't, I get that part. You can't get it out of people's hands when they're they're so user friendly to everything you do. BBM, right. Who's risk that is? BBM, Blackberry Messenger. My yeah. life. Appreciate you, young guy. <laughs> um yeah, I mean the, the, the handheld device is so readily used that yeah. you, you you're not gonna be able to get it out of people's hands. I'm just saying they need to restrict it to a point. Say like back to school in class, in class, put that shit somewhere. <laughs> you know what well, I'm saying? Yeah, you shouldn't have your phone out. Yeah. No, I'm sure. I'm you sure. Walk in the hallway, that's different. You yeah. know what I mean? But the moment you enter a classroom, that should you shouldn't even walk in the classroom with your joint on. It should already be in your bag. When you leave out the classroom, you gotta make a call, so on and so forth. I know I'm being strict, and that's not how they run things. But I mean. Yeah, I would have, I would have took that, I would have took that when I was in school, because I remember, like I said, we we had to, to get a Walkman in, to get a Discman, no, <laughs> you had, it was almost like going on an island. It was like going <laughs> you it, it, it was getting taken from you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, the lost, they call it, it's the lost and found where they done took it from you. Got your joint on. Yo. Um, the, to me, one of the most concerning things that I think about social media, even beyond all that, is just the boundaries part. Like, you know, like it's just it's like what you were saying, Rob, like, you know, like if you actually put a boundary in place where you want to block somebody, you'll have people that will go through links, create several fake pages, <laughs> whatever, to still get access to you or to see what you got going on kind of thing. Or 
you see this thing that comes up where people will look and see somebody on social media, but they text them and the person in response to their text. You know, it's like, and I, I think that's, that may be even bigger than social media. And it just may be like the, the world we live in where people, everybody got a smartphone and a phone in their hand. But that part, like around the boundary stuff too, you know, and being able to have a good separation between, you know, because I think people struggle with it. I think there are people who are online personalities and yeah. but they may not have the same personality in real oh, life yeah, real, real life yeah, and and social social media life. intertwined and look social media is so large like we were we've dubbed people social media celebrities yeah what the hell is a social they media celebrity about, cardi b was a social media celebrity look mm-hmm. what she is now yeah country wayne just hilarious these, these are all people we picked up our phone and then adored and kept looking for them following them we mm-hmm. propelled them to where they are now, literally. Yeah. And, and, how, and how do you tell someone who is following these people that they're not influential or I can do that? Hey, think about it this way. When you yeah. grew up, the idea of being a follower was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Now people now, are worried about their followers. Yeah, exactly. Now you, you got to have some followers. Right. Brothers, they're celebrating 100K people following. Yeah, I can't respect that if you got 100K followers online, but you don't got no followers in real life. Yeah. But, yo, that's, that also speaks to the validation that people are looking for because people will go out and buy like hundreds and thousands of followers also. You know, so, or buy likes and things like that just for validation to feel better about themselves. But that's a crazy world we live in, but. I think it's a good idea, though, for the councilman to actually, you know, to try to introduce this bill and to get it into school. And maybe the students, maybe it could be the other way around where the students can actually go home with the information and help the parent um, detach from social media for a minute. You know, that, that, that'd be an ill detox. That'd be an ill detox. I'm detoxing from social media for, you know, yeah, that'd be an ill detox. So I guess it is what it is. What about, um, you know, this is, this is heavy on the news right now. The, the Texas border crisis, you know, what do you guys thoughts on it? What do you, what do you think about this? Uh, but before you get into it, I want to say this. I always struggle with these kind of conversations because there's always like to me like this outcry of, of patriotism when it's convenient <laughs> in this country. You know, it's like, yeah, we're Americans. We, you know, red, white, blue. you know, it just, it's always this outcry. But then I think about also like, there was a time where the PR for America was pretty much come to America to live the American dream, right? Yeah, come yeah, to America to live the American dream. And you always say that this country was built on um, migrants, like people coming from different mm-hmm. countries. So much that if you, at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty, you know, I, have, I've, I wrote this down so I could get it right. It says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. That's the poem that's on the back, um, bottom of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. You know, so at one point we were very much pro advertisement in terms of, you know, people from abroad coming into the country. Now, here's where it gets confusing to me. Like the, the issue that I look at with this is that there's so much going on domestically that requires financial support and that we could be working on for people in the country. So it's hard for me to get behind it in that regard. Like what about yeah, all of yeah. us or the people that's here that could benefit from whatever these finances are to help improve this country and giving those resources to somebody coming from abroad. But then the other part of me is like, you know, the borders have been the borders forever. I just feel like every time the presidential election comes up, (laughs) it becomes political theater and it gets into the news cycle and it just seems like it's politically motivated 
but now it's gotten to the point where almost like I feel like that is kind of being framed in a way that a civil war could be brewing as yeah. a result of it. Like, you know, like if you hear a lot lately about federal government versus state government versus national yeah. I just, yeah, it's just, it's coming up. So I wonder like, what are you guys perspective on this? Well, I mean, that's a good way and a good ploy to get people to start voting, whether Democrat or Republican, because mm-hmm. Biden is saying, leave the door open, let them all come in. <laughs> Care less. You know, he's worrying about the economy and, you know, with, you know, unemployment being low and there's there so many jobs created, but they got nobody to fill them. But mm-hmm. to your point, Shot, we live in a different time. People aren't going, after the pandemic, people aren't going back to jobs. Some people aren't even thinking about working for someone. So let alone fill jobs, but the answer ain't allow everyone to come through here mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Since 2021 to the date, about 8 million people have crossed into the United States. 3 million of them people have been ap- apprehended. Mm. Okay, them three million have to go before a judge, a uh, 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 immigration judge, which has a backlog of about two million cases. We are just letting people come in and come in. Now, let me tell you something about Mexico. Mexico is the, the fast track to get to America. That means you can come from Peru, you can come from Brazil, find your way all through Central America, and once you get to Mexico. You beelining for Texas mm. to get in here. So it's not just Mexicans that's coming in. No. Anyone that can get to South America, Central America by any means, because you ask me, with no disrespect, there are shitload of Asians, there's shitload of other nationalities that are coming through here too. They're not all Mexican. Mm. Let me add this too. I had a morning I'm talking my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico, Mexico as a country has its own ills. About 60% of that country is ran by cartels. So you ask me, right? On 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 liberty, it says, bring me your poor and all this other stuff. Migrants, this is the country. Migrants come in, change their life. A lot of the migrants are criminals. Mm. And we have that potential that's coming in here undocumented. Whether they, they, And they're going to take the jobs Whatever little low skill and paying job, they're gonna take it. I've watched them work together. I've seen Mexicans do it. They get Papo and Pablo, they get together, Carlos, they live in one house. Before you know it, they run the block. Then they got the mm-hmm. bodega. Then they got the used car shot. They're changing tires. They know how Yo. to work together. And that's the reason well, why Rob, I bring them over here. How, how is that any different if you think back to like the 1920s and how organized crime found its way into this country? It's in this country, so they're just repeating history. <laughs> yeah, as I'm saying, like, so it's, it's criminals came and took the country, right? Same way they came and just said, I'm settling. What are people coming from Mexico doing? I'm coming and then I'm settling. Mm. That's exactly what they're doing. So, why wouldn't Biden allow that? His forefathers allowed it, they did it. It's a, yeah. it's, it just it, to me, it appears like a cycle that's being used over again for a whole set of people to come over. Because what's going to happen to the people we talking about colleges and now that they've removed the, the having a bachelor's degree to get it. What about that? Then they, they got to they gotta fight with all them 8 million people that got over here looking for a job. Mm. What, um, 
So with it, the reason why I was saying that political theater also is because I always feel like when a presidential election comes around and that's when the cameras are down at the border. I don't know if you guys remember also when Obama was in office, there was like a whole bunch of discussion about the dreamers. You remember yeah. that? There was that, always this about the dreamers, like the people who were who had came in, you know, and I guess they came in under certain visas or certain um, certain criteria and they were trying to get their citizenship or, or stay in the country. And there was a like real public outcry towards that also. So I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like if they did better domestically, you know, with people domestically, I think that there would be more of a blind eye turned towards whatever's going on at the border and it wouldn't be as heightened, you know, but like I said, when presidential cycles come around, election or whatever, then I think that the cameras are down there and it becomes fodder for these debates where people begin to have conversations with it now once upon a time i would say to people also there's a lot of people will be like yeah you know because undocumented people come in and they taking all the jobs or whatever but then you look at like people who may be undocumented and some of the jobs that they work in they weren't yeah. work jobs that people wanted you know like did no. you want to go out and sell oranges <laughs> did you want to go? Do, like people was they're taking all the jobs but you didn't want hard manual let's just talk about landscaping Mm-hmm. No one wanted to cut grass. Simple as cutting grass, and you say to yourself, "But well, damn, look at look at the, look at the demographic who's cutting everyone's grass, especially mm-hmm. in, in corporate settings and in corporate office." And, and who own the landscaping businesses now? Same right? one, bro. Same Mexicans is doing their yeah. numbers. You know what I mean? So you know, my my whole thing about the whole border situation is that. You don't know who you who's coming across, and that's a gamble in a country like this. America can't afford. When mm. we're, we're, I don't know if we're, we're at war. We're always at war. But mm-hmm. who, who are you coming? Are you letting someone who's been on the run for twenty years back in the country? <laughs> it, 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 these are these things, man. You know. It, yeah. it, yeah, overlook, and I think a lot of people in Texas and those there's 25 states that are going against Biden with mm-hmm. allowing him just to leave leave the window open and let them climb through. Half of the country, like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, you can't afford that. There's people already, like you said, there's people that can't even get a thousand dollars to fix their shit. You gonna uh, let? What you say, Kenyatta? I mean, I, I look at look at it like this. Like, for one thing, it, in any situation like this, people coming in, whether they whether they come across the border, coming from the from Canada, from every people are trying to get in America. That's that's just factual. Mm-hmm. I think again, for some reason, you know, uh, we could figure out there. It's always been a highlight on Mexico, even though people don't realize that Mexico is the place that we number one place we export goods from is Mexico. So that's 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 something that people don't 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 understand. And Mexico is a big part of America. Including labor now. Yeah, Mexico is where we get a lot of resources from. Now, as far as the people coming over and like the cartel and those different things, if if they how many people like you got a hundred thousand people coming across the border, maybe you got eight bad bad detractors or something or whatever. What about the other 99,000 plus? So uh, you, you like you like they were t- uh, they were talking about that cartel and some people talking about terrorists. 
The guy in Texas talking about he has the he wants to break like you talking about the Civil War. Yeah, wants to ratify the state and all types of stuff and everything. I'm like again, this is like a whole bunch of rhetoric and it's a a fear culture and fear mongering where we want to say that we sneaking on the cartel and 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 terrorists across the border. I mean, that could be happening from Canada. That could be happening from the war. That could be happening from anywhere. They could be have their own visa. They could have a passport flying here. So yeah. we can't say anything's protected. So that that excuse is crazy. That's what that's what we're saying. Anybody that comes here, we're not checking people out thoroughly. No, we're not. We're yeah. not checking anybody coming in anywhere. You could take a flight from a different country. We're not. Well, these Never particular back. people. Yeah, these particular people. We got to go into this extra, extra in depth thing and just basically cast them all out. Yeah, checks and balances of America. The thing, the thing is too, is like a lot of times, like people don't see the opportunity in this. What I mean by that is that you see, we talk about all these backlog cases and all this stuff, right? And then we talk about how people don't have jobs here. These people could get processed. You take and get people to put the money and the funding into adding more court staff, adding more of this, or all the things, the essential things to actually do this processing. That creates jobs here. I see. Well, we, the thing is, we're not really the, the whole thing is we're not really interested in doing that. Right. No, weaponized, weaponized. That's yeah. what I said. It's political theater. Like, yo, you, you know, it's been going on forever. <laughs> yo, it's been yeah. going on forever. It's just when when the presidential cycle come around and it's like, all right, this is highlighted. We got to get on this. We got to address this. But this is not. This really isn't anything new. I um, you know, I, when it first became like real prevalent in New York City and people were talking about it. And I would hear people always say like, yeah, you know, cause the violence, this, that. And I read the paper every day and I'll be like, man, when I read the paper, most of the violence are people who are New York City residents. Yeah. You know, it, wasn't, it wasn't those people I seen recently though, they had a thing where I think somebody stomped a police officer out or something down oh, there yeah, yeah. And, and took off. But I'm like, for the most part, these it's not, it's not really them or whatever, but it's good for the news cycle. and. You know, my bone to pick is again, like I think we already have domestic issues or people domestically that need to be taken care of. It's hard for me to wrap my head around, you know, how do you take care of somebody outside of the home before you take care of what's in the home? Like you got homeless vets, you know, you got people in this country that have profound mental health issues. You got people in this country that need operations that can't afford it. You know, the health, the cost of health care is astronomical. The cost of going to school, astronomical, all this stuff. And you always talk about you don't have money for it. But then you got money to fund putting up millions of people in homes and all this stuff. And it just that part, I, I can't I, yeah. I can't get with. You know, like, with I, I, we, we don't put the infrastructure around processing people and vetting everything else. But yet and still, everybody heard that they went on a hire like 30,000 more people to make sure your taxes are right. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's going to generate revenue for the country. Yeah, they so. hired a whole new workforce to make sure that you ain't going to get an extra hundred dollars or something. It's all good. Yeah. Rob, Rob look like he about to get, yo, I'm enlisting. Get me down to the border right now. <laughs> Rob yeah. headed down there. Rob, across country right now. Right now. You're a bullhorn. Let me see it. Let me see your credentials. <laughs> Rob be down. Rob be down at the border, like, yo, hold on, if you ain't got a passport, turn around. Whether it's there or not, we know immigration has always been an issue in this country from its inception. Yep. In this inception, you know, you get good apples, you got bad apples, you have to deal with what you have to deal with. 
it's, you know, I believe in taking care of home first. So home should be yep. taken care of. You know, Texas in particular, Texas has been wanting to become its own city state or its own state country for the longest. Way before this whole border thing, Texas called itself its independent entity. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's, you know, they want to pull away because it was once Mexico. I don't know how that really goes down. Yeah. But we, we just want to be Mexico again, in, though. We live, we live in a time where we speak of inflation, we speak of all these ills that's happening in America, American dream or American nightmare. We're reaching a point in America that, you know, America, America got, it got a large bill to pay, man, to a lot of different people, man. Mm -hmm. And Will we see it in our lifetime? I don't know, but these next twenty, this 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 election is going to tell us what we're looking at for twenty thirty and beyond. So what? What? So when Trump gets elected, um, <laughs> because Trump, if Trump is allowed to run, I think he beats Biden. When Trump gets elected, do we believe that things are going to change down at the border? Um, I think a more radicalized approach should definitely be taken. Like you may see things that resemble. Um, back when segregation existed, where people were homeless, babies, then yo, then the humanity in people. What does that look like then? Like for all the people that's yeah. like get these migrants out of here, and you see a little baby getting chased around by a, a, a high car, German Shepherd. You know, then then what do you say? We don't even know what that. We don't know what that vision looks like because we've never experienced. We've never experienced someone taking a whole big dog approach. This is not happening. It's all political stage. We know it's all for stage. I'm just saying that if you're allowing these people in the way you're letting them in, you got to be mindful of these things. Now, you know, it's a little dangerous. And it's always been dangerous. Mm -hmm. But we, we're living in these times. <laughs> where it's... It's, it's crazy, bro. I really can't put my finger on that. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, Rob, Rob, Rob's enlisting, boy. Right. I'm not proud to be My stance is, you know, while I walk this earth, I just keep my head on a swivel because you don't know who's who. You don't know mm -hmm. what's what. And, you know, when you're speaking to people and if, if, you, if, you, if you pay pay attention to body language and people speaking, you know who's who's who and who's not who, mm. my opinion. I've I, I vet a lot of people when I come across them. And when you act like you don't know too much, I'm like, well, where you from, bro? What's going on? How you feel? <laughs> How you don't have <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob I was under, play, bro. undercover ice. <laughs> I, I don't play, man. And this shit can happen. I don't walk around paranoid, but I do walk around but paying attention to what goes on because people flow like sheep. So when mm. all, all you got here is a, a certain boom or a certain activity and people flow and flock, I don't, I don't, I don't ride like that. Bro. Yo, yo, Rob, don't let me find out you up there making citizens a rush. Listen, <laughs> I got Adam. Let me get my dog. I got my dogs. So get Adam and Duke on you, son. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, so um, customer soured on self-checkout. Retailers starting to also sour on self-checkout. We all been there. I have to tell you that We've all part. been on self-checkout. Why? What do, you, what do you guys think well, about that? Is self-checkout good? And why do you think that people are souring on it? 
I tell you, I tell you one place that target that, that showered all the target watching them people on TV grabbing them damn big screen TVs <laughs> running out the door from self checkout. I, I think I think for one thing from a retailer standpoint, like they get robbed blind. Like self checkout, <laughs> that's like um free free giveaways. Like you go to self checkout, it's crazy. Swipe a yo, you swipe a candy bar and take a flat screen. Yeah, like it's, it's <laughs> oh yeah, self checkout for retailers. Is, I don't even know. I would have scrapped the idea a long time ago if I was them. Yo, for so people. let me give you let, let me give you some of the whole on the um the 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 stats. So. The, a study found that regular checkout with a human cashier makes more lo- more customers loyal yeah. and more likely to revisit. Yeah. Um, customers report feeling more value when they have human interaction. Self checkout shifts the works to customers, making them feel less rewarded. Um, so retailers are uh, rethinking self checkout due to merchandise loss, customer errors, and, and intentional. So there's unintentional shoplifting, and then there's intentional shoplifting. I want yeah, one of you to tell me what unintentional shoplifting yeah. looks like. Unintentional, um, is unintentional <laughs> shoplifting is the water under your carriage when <laughs> you walk out. <laughs> For the people in the chat on Instagram, putting it put in the chat if you've ever unintentionally shoplifted something. Let me tell you, I, I think the whole people <laughs> incriminate yourself. Unintentional shoplifting. Okay. I think I think you know. I mean, the whole thing. I don't know if a cash as cash register person makes me feel more comfortable with the store, engaged, and all that mm. stuff. Like most of them, they. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, it's not like they have the best dispositions or attitudes doing the job. Where it's like some, some pleasant situation. Like, hey, how you doing? No, that's that's not how it works. In some cases, it's worse than dealing with the machine yourself. Right. Like with. What do you gamble? Do you get a you get a, a rude ass person or a machine that don't work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see the benefit. I mean, I think getting rid of it benefits the stores for loss prevention. Not mm-hmm. that part of it. Stores didn't take that into consideration. They thought that they would save money by cutting the labor force, but then it just balanced out because people started stealing the goods. Yeah. So I mean, think about it. A place like Target or Walmart, they they don't pay that much, but the price of seven hundred dollar TV that left was more than two people's checks for the week or something. Well, here's the thing, though. So, right, so our, so having a human there is a deterrent, I guess, from a person stealing. Yeah. Well, let's be real. If a person was that adamant about taking a TV and a cashier was at the register, what the cashier? <laughs> Yo, what, the, what are they going to do? Security? Stop, like, while, yo, stop again. <laughs> what the, what, serious, as a ca- if you work, I've never been a cashier, but if I was a cashier and I'm the dude sorry. came in and he was adamant about taking a flat screen, he what can I do to prevent him? I'm going to get yeah. physical with him at Target over a flat screen? <laughs> nah, that ain't going to happen either. I mean, I, I will tell you this, the self-checkout lines, like now for myself, a lot of times I do prefer to go to the person because a million people on the self-checkout line, whether they want to unintentionally or intentionally steal, that line is way longer than the cash register lady. So I'd rather go to the cash register person for that now because, you know, you got less people there. Whether I, I, For the life of me, I can't understand that. It'll be 20 people on the self-checkout line. And it'll be a lady over here with two people, and people still get on the self-checkout. I think it's probably for that unintentional stealing. That's what I have to say. You know, <laughs> for the discount. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that, that's that bag of chips you open, you forgot to pay for. It. It's you know what it is? Maybe it's the store surcharge. So since I gotta do the scanning, <laughs> whatever you're giving me a, a discount. But now all jokes aside though, 
I don't I don't know if it makes me feel like more loyalty to a store either. No. I, I'm gonna be honest, most of the time I do go to a self-checkout, you know, because I feel like a lot of times the cash is yeah, I feel like the cash is kind of sometimes move really slow. Yeah. Um, I, I do get frustrated at self-checkout though, because you know, with self-checkouts and ATMs, it's a struggle for me because I feel like these things been around long enough that people should by now know how to work them. Uh, yeah. Like I, under, I understand register error where the person got to come over and scan and do whatever it is. But when people get up there and they start, they fumbling around like, mm, like it's <laughs> it makes a long computer. Or they trying to crack a database. I'm like, come on, man, you're just, you're just scanning bread. It's not that serious, well, bro. Like, what gets there, me there, was time, there was a time where shopping was enjoyable. It was an experience. <laughs> as crazy as it may seem. I do enjoy shopping, maybe because I went my mother's so damn much that I just got used to going shopping. Okay. But it was experience to go out to a department store, wherever you was going, to have someone say, hey, man, I help you today? Oh, this is just on sale. Yeah. You get no experience, and you walk out of there feeling good, feeling fresh. Now, customer service is for shit. None of these motherfuckers <laughs> have no etiquette. And they, they tell you, I'm here, I'm here for eight hours, and then I go home. They can care less. I Yo, I, I feel I'm a, I feel like I must be weird because I'm one of the few people that I, I prefer not to interact with salespeople. I don't like talking to salespeople. That's what I mean. Unless I have to find something and I, I need it, then it gets a little annoying when you got a gigantic store with nobody around to ask where something's at. See, but, and that's the thing. Now, mind you, right? You get the self-checkout. With fucking some squash and it ain't got the fucking CPU no more that you just gotta right. put in there. Then you gotta go in there and figure out Look up. is this is this what kind of pepper is this now? So self-checkout, <laughs> what you talking about is one of the things why I hate self-checkout in some cases too. You gotta wait you apple, like that right? food where you gotta put the damn thing on the thing and yeah, if it don't, they don't recognize and the lights coming on, you got a lady every place <laughs> coming back and forth for yeah. the person put the bread on, but it doesn't realize you put the bread on, I'm like oh. Fucks everything yeah. up now. Now, now you wish you was online with someone taking your groceries. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I guess I'm like the opposite of you, Rob. In that regard, like I'm not a. I don't really care for shopping. Like if I usually know what I want or what I'm getting when I go in, and if I don't see it, I come right out. I don't like salespeople. Um, I just don't like salespeople because I feel like I don't. I'm. I don't need you to sell me or try to sell me on something. You know, like. It's, it, I mean, especially if it's something that a salesperson could be helpful if it's already a fixed price. You know what I'm saying? Like if, like if a person comes in and they tell me, you know, I'm looking for something, like Ken said, and they'd be like, well, it's our whatever, or you go over right. here, this, yeah. that, or whatever. But I don't like interacting with like salespeople that, you know, like a deal is involved because oh, I'm just no. not good with that stuff or whatever. Like I'm always undercutting people, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> saying some ridiculous rate or whatever, and then they get frustrated. I get frustrated. Um, it's just that it, do, it doesn't work out good, and I don't like to be pressured into purchasing something. I don't like when people want to bait and yeah. switch me either. Like most of the time, if I if I go into the store, which I rarely go into the store, and I'm like, I know it's a pair of sneakers I want, You're going to get and it. I go to get those sneakers, and those sneakers ain't there, but a salesperson come up to me and be like, "You can have these ones." I'm gonna lose my shit. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not 70 years old. And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm not, I don't like that. And I, with anything, though, like, I don't like if I, if I say, all right, I want to buy a particular coat and a person try to convince me 
then I should get another coat or the other coat or whatever. If the coat don't look good on me, the shoes don't look good on me or whatever it is, yo, it's my choice. It's my money or whatever. So I don't really do well. I don't interact with- um, I don't like persistent salespeople, but if someone offers, hey, you wanna look? Mm-hmm. How would you feel though if you went if you went to get a pair of sneakers and a dude came up to you and was like, "Yeah, we don't got we don't got those, but yo, why don't you get these?" Nah, you just ask them if they free or not. I'm paying for this. Thing. You, you want to give me something else? It must be for free. <laughs> yo, but on every level, on every level, like we talking about sneakers, but yo, I've gone into car dealerships oh, and car dealerships. Yeah, that's haggle central, that's son. The that's haggle waggle. They're coming in there. Like, like, they come in like, yo, we about to hustle this nigga out of 30 grand. I, I gotta be honest with you. I hate any place that asks me how much am I willing to spend or how much I want to pay. I don't even want to hear that statement. Me what either. You, you know they're going to pigeonhole you into. Yeah, what it's am like, I looking I, to it spend? Don't become, it, it, don't come up, it don't become about what you want. Then it becomes about what I can sell you for that I amount. Sell you. Yeah. yeah. That, that part I get. But, but you, know what they, you know what the answer to that is? Know the answer to that? I is? usually take the bus. No, <laughs> nothing. When you looking to spend, I'm not. I'm not looking to spend anything. I don't want to spend yeah, anything. Free. <laughs> right. Technically, I right? free if I could get it. But yo, I'm. Not, I'm serious. Like all jokes aside, I'm just not a good haggler. Like, you no. Know, like I just. I feel like that. I undercut people drastically. Like I've been in other countries, and I stand firm on it. Like a dude sold me a shirt in Morocco. He may have started like 15. He walked me all the way through like the the, the thing. By the time we got back to the bus, they five dollars like $3 or something. Like I forget what it was, <laughs> mad low. But I, I didn't move. He was like, come on. He went down as we got What's close up, to the bus. And I was like, nah, this is this this what it is. This is my budget. That's how much I'm looking to spend. No. No, I'm I was inflexible on it. I'm not gonna front, but I just don't I don't like salespeople. I just it's just something about it. You know that just doesn't they feel slippery um to me so I used to, work, I used to work for fao squad and we were taught how to sell how to sell toys and there was a whole format and how to approach a customer once they walk into your zone and yo son that's what that's what they do there's a, there's a way to approach someone you initiate inform inquire and <laughs> guess you talk to the you talk, you talk to the woman that's with them right huh you're oh, supposed yeah, to talk yeah. to the woman that's with them probably first, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you init- like, in FAO Swords has this thing called the five eyes. I probably said this before. You initiate, then you inquire. Once you inquire, you inform. Once you inform, you include. Once you include, everything into the register. That's a five eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, it's done. and you would have your manager... When you approach someone, he's right behind you. Make sure, all right, you that eye. <laughs> if you get one, they will tell you, nah, you did four. You got to start all over. You gotta Yo, so what's, what's include? Hey, you need batteries for that or here's the accessories? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, man. This is, how are you doing today? What brings you to the FBO store? Then you acquire. Who are you shopping for, boy or girl? All right, mm-hmm. I'm looking for a hat. Now you start to inform them about the hat. Once mm. you start to inform them about the hat, you got their interest. Now you start to include that hat goes with a shirt. <laughs> Cross sale. You might need laces for the shirt. No. You might need socks for that. And now mm. take all of that to the register. Yeah. To, to bring it back around, though, a lot of retailers are actually considering doing away with self checkout. What do you guys think about that? Is that a good idea? If they want to stop, 
I would <laughs> probably keep. I wouldn't completely do away with it. I, I don't think I would completely do away with it. You know, maybe maybe hire some of them people back instead of having two humans and fifteen planes. But they need to do something with all the registered on you. Because yeah, that, 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 that's, that's the crazy thing. You have all of those self checkouts, but then there are two registers you. Yeah. And nineteen not being used. But there are mm-hmm. lines everywhere. I mean, yeah. the purpose is to get people in and out. So mm-hmm. that needs to be fixed. If you're going to lessen the amount of people you have as actual cashiers, you're going to have to remove all of those stations mm-hmm. and increase the self-checkout station. And then have, you're going to have it like niggas, the CO's looking over everybody watching to see if niggas just put shit mm-hmm. in their bag. But then it becomes a babysitter situation of watching everyone at self-checkout. Yeah, I, I wonder. Um, was self checkout was just kind of presented to us, right? Or was there a narrative? Did they say that self checkout was put put in place to expedite? Yeah, um, yeah, we're supposed to expedite, expedite, make expedite your your, your, yeah. your way out the door. So if you know, like you like shopping for you, like how you shop, you know what it is that you want. Why wait online? Let me go. Bloop, pay for it out the door. Get my receipt. Mm-hmm. I'm gone. I don't have I know. to wait online. From my experience, though, as I, I what I find with self checkout and some of these places now, self checkout is usually after a while where I take the cart and push it to the side because I refuse to wait behind. Like you said, thirty people fumbling around, I can't figure out how to use the thing. At that point, I don't want nothing no more. Right, you're leaving everything. I'm leaving. That's it. I come back yeah, another day. That's the, on, that's the wrap on, on black that's, people. That's you know that, right? Use the shop. It's Sunday and Tuesday. Outside <laughs> on Sunday and Tuesday shop. You, you heard that you know it's the rap on black people right like black people pick up a whole bunch of stuff and they don't put it back wherever they put some cleanser where the meat is at <laughs> yo, yo i don't need this i've left chat i left potato chips and diaper pamper aisles yo. yeah <laughs> oh, oh this don't go there <laughs> Or, you know, some of the self-checkout lanes do have restrictions in place where it's supposed to only be like 10 items. I think that's oh, a good man. idea. But that I can help monitor the fuck. People still load up. Yeah, 20 items at 10 items. 100, somebody <laughs> would think, say 20 items or less. Somebody got 50 things in the cart. 10 to 15 items is good. Anything above that, you're telling people to do their whole food shop and bring the entire cart to self-checkout. Yo. That's insane. Well, you know what else they losing money out? They they losing money on the self checkout apps too. You know they got like the apps where you go in and you um you, mm-hmm. you purchase whatever it is in the app and then you so people are just helping themselves to items there there also. How does that work? Because I see that at Stop and Shop, people are they they, they they shop for you. Well, you could get shoppers for you, but also mm-hmm. you can purchase this stuff on the app and then pick it up. Supposedly you slowly already paid through the app. Yeah, and you just go pick up your groceries. Yeah. You know, you know, at places like Sam's, you can walk around and scan it with your phone and pay on your phone and just walk yeah. straight out. Yeah, yeah. See, that's thievery right there. Cause I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. See, and, 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 and this is the thing, too, man. This this is just the way the world we live in. Technology is going to rob people of so much stuff. There's so many people that don't want to learn new shit like that. Mm. It's hard for people to change, and that's probably the reason why people love a personable cashier. Because self check is gonna confuse motherfuckers. I see it confuse people when they got away. They got away strawberries and cucumbers. They don't know the four digit number or the code. Then you gotta call somebody. What's the number for strawberries? (laughs) 
I went through all that, bro. Now you got slow people behind you. So, so, um, in the spirit of self checkout, back to give me five. Give me five of the five worst self checkout spots. Where do you absolutely hate to go for self checkout? Walmart. Target. Yeah. Target removed it. Um, Big Y. That's a fucking supermarket in Connecticut. Um, here's another one. I don't think Trader Joe's. I haven't been in Trader Joe's. I think they have some. Wait, I can't even think of five. I don't Home Depot. Like, Home Depot. Home Depot. Home Depot, yes. That's, that's yeah, they don't even got the right numbers you buying. Some of the code's <laughs> not there. And then they be rushing you, too. Like, yeah. yo, come on. We, I'm like, who are you rushing? Dude, I, listen, man. I'm gonna give you another place you're alive. You ever did self checkout at IKEA? I was just about to say I, yeah. I hate IKEA. Period. Yeah. Period. I hate IKEA. Period. Everything about IKEA I despise. I hate IKEA. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. everything about it, from the furniture to the the, the whole experience. I'm just, I just can't I stand somebody something that I don't like. <laughs> well, I don't like the self checkout, man. I'm ready. I just I I go straight for the line. I'm like I'm not even. I don't know. Walmart by me is not necessarily. I mean, the line get long, but it's not horrible, horrible. And if it gets really long, somebody will grab something and start. You know, they'll go to the front, and start scanning stuff. So, I would say definitely. Eh, I guess you could say Walmart, but to me, IKEA, Home Depot. Um, what else? What's another one? What's another one? Another place with that where self checkout is is trash. <laughs> um. I got all the ones y'all got uh, easily. IKEA, Home Depot, Walmart, Target, and Shop right there. Me, so. Shop. You know what low key is self checkout too, kinda. And when you go to McDonald's and you go to the kiosk. Well, how you how you how you how you manage that? The key. I mean, I don't I don't eat McDonald's, so but it's the it's the high cost. It's the kiosk. And you got to go in and you put in the order. So if you got like a specialty order, you know, that can get kind of, nah, kind of nuts. I tell you, you what. Walmart Target, man. Walmart Target is crazy. Or like Sam's Club. Sam's Club and BJ's tries try it. Oh, BJ's and Costco's for sure. Yeah. And, and Costco's. Crazy. Those, that, those places be ridiculous. Now that they added self-checkout on there. So, People be coming up there with couches and pinball game machines, all sorts of big items. <laughs> now you know, you know what's another one too. Don't sleep on. That's a horrible self checkout experience. Have you ever gone to? They have them in like rest stops on the highway too. But have you ever gone to the airport? And at the airport, they got like things that you go and you supposed to scan it, go scan it on your own. Like yeah. it'll be, it'll be like a kiosk almost kind of thing, and you could pick up whatever. It, Treats you want and all that, and you're supposed to scan it on your own. Yeah, that's, that's that, too. That thing, that thing is not only horrible; it's funny too because they got the nerve to ask for a damn tip when they ain't did nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All them joints be asking for tip. Yeah, do you want to give a tip? No, I don't want to give. Them. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's yeah. So, but for sure, IKEA boy, I it can't yo. You have to pay me. I hate IKEA. Like it's just oh man. Why would they even have self-checkout at Ikea? Like, if you go on to get a mattress, who's self-checking out a mattress or or, or some kind of 
dress or something like that. Oh, you got to You don't even bro. have the nerve to have a decent bar code. Like, the wall uh, unit, you can. <laughs> they can't even put the wheels right on the cart. Damn wheels spinning around the wrong way. Yeah. I didn't know that, Scott. I didn't know that. My kid had self-checkout. Yeah. yeah, they got self-checkout. Huh? Usually, it makes sense, because usually them lines be crazy long, because they have all of them damn registers and only two people working, mm-hmm. bro. I never <laughs> got that. Never oh, got man. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. <laughs> Janelle said IKEA traumatized me. Traumatized yeah, yeah, I just I even the even the the the, the design, like whoever the engineers or architects are that come up with the furniture, like why do I need 17 screws to put one Where's bracket in? Swedish place. Yeah, yeah. You know IKEA furniture, they got like whole U2s about you know you ain't supposed to move that, so you put it together, you try you to break move apart. It. You put together furniture that come with glue. <laughs> it's it's IKEA is staging furniture. Stuff yeah. you can stage if you're looking to, to sell a house or something. Or you just don't move it. Yeah, you don't move it. Yeah, you just don't move it. Well Great. What's up, you know? In 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 summary, we I, I'm but yo, I'm still very much I'm pro self checkout but anti-self person. <laughs> I and, and, I, and, I, and I prefer good salesmanship. But I can't stand that service, yo. You start, you start, you give me bad sir. I'm like, all right, you know what? You did enough. I had enough of you. Listen, I'm, I'm wherever the line is shortest. That's the, that's, the, that's the answer. Whatever got the shortest line works for me. Yeah, I just can't. I just honestly, I can't. I like the ability with self-checkout to kind of like, to me, it moves along. I can stand there. I can scan my stuff fairly fast. Do whatever it is I need to do. I just struggle with, like I said, like when people get up there and they act like they cracking the Da Vinci Code, and you know, it's like, yo, why is it taking you forty minutes to scan three items? Right. They got, put, they got put the manager key in and all that other shit. Yeah. yeah, that's when it becomes too much for me. So I agree. I agree. But, we appreciate everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the No Ideas Original Podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Any closing words from y'all? Y'all want to say anything before we bounce? Listen, man. Think health, man. Let me tell you something. I went on that 28 Day Juice Fast, and it can be done by anybody listening. 28 Days of Juice really does replace a meal. Careful of the foods you eat. Food is a fog. Food really it, it messes with your thinking, it messes with your body. So be, pay attention to the food that you're eating. Um, yeah, man, just just try to live a clean life out here. Mm-hmm. For me, I like to give a shout out to the Knicks and the Knicks fans. Ah, hanging in there. I mean, this is the best they looked in years. <laughs> you know, so I gotta I gotta give them a shout out. People knock them when they down, but nobody, you know, I gotta give them credit right now. Gotta give them credit. Yeah. yeah. For me, I'm just saying this in closing. Yo, have your paperwork, your ID on you, because if Rob run down on you and your papers ain't right, <laughs> you <laughs> <is> right. <laughs> right, yo, salute everybody. Rob is ice. <laughs> Equalize. Rob is ice.